Hi, I'm Katerina, and this is Sound Effects, a music and mental health podcast. Hi everyone, I'm back. Um, Hope you're all doing well. Just to say my guest in this episode is Ella. If you've not heard of her yet, I'm sure that you will be hearing more a lot about her in the next few months. She recently performed as tour support for Embrace last month and has been cropping up on TV soundtracks. She's signed to dance to the radio label and she did a couple of festivals last weekend, Live at Leeds in the City and Swin Festival. And she's got a new single out called Best Face On and a few other EPs which are really great. She's got a new single coming out on the 9th of November which I'll give more details about at the end. Um, As always I'll give loads of information at the end of the episode and in the show notes for how to get help on all of the issues that Ella talks about in this episode. So just to give a bit more background on her if you don't already know Ella is 22 or nearly 22 and a solo artist uh, with a band that she's recently put together. Um, She gives really good insight into what it's like these days working in the music industry when you're young and breaking into the industry as a woman at that really early stage of your career. We cover topics like eating disorder and harassment in this episode, so I do include a few clips um, that I just want to give a trigger warning for in advance so that you're aware of what's coming. Um, At around sort of 16 to 20 minutes in, there'll be a few clips of some real life news items from the news in the last few years around the topic of sexual harassment and violence against women and girls. So I just wanted to let you know that in advance. And we talk about eating disorders a little bit later on in the episode. Um, So if any of those topics feel triggering or difficult for you, just look after yourselves and I'll give you information at the end on where to get support and help if you need it. So thank you so much to Ella for this interview. Um, It was really fantastic and I think she was really powerful and impactful and I hope that this interview impacts you too and speaks to you. So here it is, my interview with Ella. You get home in the morning And you crawl into bed Wondering why nobody told you You'd end up doing it again And the sheets feel cold Hi Ella Hi, can you hear me alright? Yeah, I can hear you Nice to see you again <laughs> You too How are you doing? I'm alright, yeah, yeah This is what's your recent single best face on a lot got evoked in me when i was listening to that it's really beautiful by the way it's a really lovely song i love the video as well Um, thank you yeah i like your videos they've got they remind me of like those old films they're kind of crackly quality to them i like it (laughs) (laughs) but it really um i think what i notice is that you really early on when you start singing I'm drawn into like the words will pull me in and on that song you said this is what 20 feels like 
and it conjured up a lot of imagery for me thinking oh it's been a long time since I was 20 but I remember that period of time being quite difficult so I wondered what is 20 like for you? I wrote the song when I was 21 from the perspective of myself last year so last year I went through a breakup and I kind of had never really had that much time on my own because I was always kind of I always had a boyfriend at school and even in college and then um, you know then I went through this breakup and it was kind of the longest period of time I'd had where I was completely alone like you know I had my friends around me and I had my family but like I hadn't had this much time to myself and I learned a lot about myself um, in that time and kind of especially coming out of it like I'm in a relationship now and coming back out of it into a relationship and kind of seeing how I acted and how I coped with being alone. It was really kind of, it was very revealing of like how I cope with things, I think, mm. um, you know, and it's kind of, you know, you can hear in the lyrics, you know, it's kind of about going out and drinking and doing whatever and, um, you know, like maybe meeting people and maybe spending intimate time with people and you know it's it's all about that and kind of that side of being 20 and I hadn't really experienced a lot of that because I didn't really need to I had partners I wasn't really going out that much or if I was I was going out with whoever I was with you know um, and I think it's very very common in young people to kind of go out on the lash all the time yeah. Um but it felt really alien to me. It felt really kind of like, this is really normalized. And this is what 20 feels like, but nobody kind of warned me like how it felt, it just felt really dark. Like it didn't feel like the fun that everyone was on about kind of the single life yeah. and, you know, that everyone apps on about saying you need to be, you know, people say you need to be single in your twenties and you need to live and then, you know, settle down later on. But like, and you know do that like I'm, I'm all for that and some people you know would rather not be in a relationship when they're young in order to kind of find themselves and figure out what it is that they like I thankfully am capable of kind of looking at myself introspectively whilst being in a relationship I'm I kind of I enjoy doing that um but it's just I just thought it was really like this, this kind of sort of six seven months that I was like single and doing this like big party lifestyle I was like this is awful <laughs> like <laughs> I was like having fun but it felt very like forced it felt very much I was kind of like this is this is what it's you know this is fun right this is what we do this is what everyone's doing I think mm -hmm. but why do I feel so crap <laughs> about it wake up in the evening Put your mind to bed Share your lips with a stranger And sip the bitters you've wet Feeling shy in the bathroom I feel you hiding in the dark You keep ruining my bedroom I 
felt I just felt a bit silly to be honest, um, and it didn't feel very me. Um, and it was it was a short period, you know. It could have gone on a lot longer, but it was, it was a very short period. But I just felt very forced, and it's kind of written for the people my age who also experienced that. Because I, I get really bad. Um, I put like a TikTok on of me kind of saying like this one's for the people who experience really bad FOMO and they've got a tendency to kind of people please and that's what it felt like it felt like I have really I still get it as well I've got really bad kind of fear of missing out wanting to be there wanting to be involved wanting to be able to join in when people are telling these stories about all these amazing times that they've had um and you know like not being able to say no as well mm-hmm. like, there'd be nights where I'd be like tucked up in bed like having brushed my teeth and done all my skincare and whatever and I'd be watching a film and someone would be like coming out like we're at the pub and I'd be like yep just throw some clothes on and I'd go remember this there was literally this one time when I literally still had like a bit of spot cream on my face because I'd forgotten to like take it off (laughs) I was there at the pub and they were like "Uh, (laughs) what's that but yeah I feel like it's just not I feel like people do talk about it but I don't think it's talked about enough like the negative effects on young people you know the uni lifestyle I mean it's such an interesting time like I, w- I was thinking about that when I was listening to your song because mm-hmm. if I if I reflect back to what it was like for me there's a lot of crying in private I don't know if that's what you experience but like people don't oh, yeah. each other yeah yeah well I think as well there's a lot of kind of hidden anger within the song I know when I perform mm-hmm. it I sound very angry and it kind of I kind of just black out and just get really angry when I sing it I really really enjoy performing it live I'm not gonna lie um but I think um the kind of particularly from a woman's perspective and a young woman's perspective um the title like best face on Mm. and kind of having to just get on with it it's very British it's a very very British mindset to just get Mm. on with things and just not you know kind of not process things the way that you probably should but particularly I think being a woman I don't know there's kind of there's a lot of themes I've noticed and I've kind of become very aware of of kind of um I don't I don't know how to say this I want to say this right because it's quite a touchy subject but I think um particularly being a young woman and a newly single young woman there was this element of kind of like I wanted to feel like liberated and kind of free and I was kind of living my um sort of you know trying to figure out stuff and being young and being single and being a woman there's I feel like there's a lot more pressure on women to find partners I don't know why that's what I'm trying to say yeah and to settle down and not necessarily from a you know being 21 but you're kind of like you know I know I have friends who are older and they're, they're maybe 24 25 and they've might be single and they've got their parents being like oh when are you gonna find someone and it comes very very rapidly um and I think as well like a lot of people my age and young girls my age experience this kind of sense of yearning for kind of male validation and you know making sure that they're still they've still got it and they you know they're kind of you know they they're like need the attention and things like that and I, I experienced all of that it kind of all came all at once I was like what am I doing
my experience as a young person, but also as a young woman, going out, having fun, having all this fun, feeling a bit judged for it as well. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, not not by people I didn't know. It was by you know people who I would consider friends. I felt a little bit like it got to a point where people were kind of starting to raise their eyebrows a little bit mm. at me having so much fun and you know safe fun but you know going out so much it was a bit like and the other side of it as well is which really gets to me is when you as a young woman go out and get drunk and have fun you know there's this kind of thing you wake up the next day and it's like you have all these texts like you know did you get home safe you didn't text me and mm. there's this kind of thing of like that was really irresponsible of you to go out and drink and mm. you know get really drunk because we were all really worried because something could have happened to you and there was a few times where, you know, I'd have ended up drunk, couldn't remember how I got home. Um, and, you know, I'd feel really silly and guilty and anxious the next day because I'd be like, oh, my God, like, everyone's worried about me. What an idiot. Why did I do that? But, but you know, if I was a young lad who'd gone out and got drunk, everyone would be in the group chat the next day like, oh, you're so silly, you know, look at this silly video of you. What a laugh we had, you know. And that 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 would be the the next day. It wouldn't be the kind of anxious like, oh, you know, you know, how did I get home? Who 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 walked me home? Did I walk home? Did I get a taxi? You know, yeah. it's a very it's not a it's not the world isn't as safe for women. I don't think, and especially if you're a young woman and kind of trying to navigate adulthood, mm-hmm. you kind of re- realize that very quickly. And I think that's where a lot of the anger comes from in the song. Yeah, kind of the like I wanted to go out and have fun because I'm twenty. But all I feel is anxious and guilty for it, you know. And I think I don't know about I don't know how I don't know if you agree, but I think like my experience of being a young woman so far has been very much the kind of realization that I'm gonna live the rest of my life with that kind of those anxieties now, yeah. which I didn't have as a kid. I surrender. Should have stayed in bed Cause I'm weaker When the weekdays end Could you hold me Or could we ascend And leave it all behind Just like you did you find it was mainly female friends making those judgments maybe more male actually to be fair um who were all doing the same thing as me as well okay who were all single who were all going out drinking who were all you know staying out late and partying but I felt and you know that could also be you know I've admit you know I'll tell you now I do have anxiety I do tend to overthink things. Um, so there's, there could be an element of that in there. But I just I just kind of remember that having a few conversations with people and feeling a lot more responsible for my actions than maybe they felt for theirs. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, you shouldn't be going out drinking and getting drunk and then getting in a taxi and, you know, not texting us and saying you got home safe or, you know, you shouldn't be out. So I... I, I 
I used to be a proper fiend for like just walking home. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I can be a bit stingy sometimes. You know, if I've, I've had enough, if I've, if I've had one too many drinks, I'm like, oh, it's right, it's fine. I'll just walk home. I'm not going to get taxi. Cause I'm not going to lie. You know, that especially in Leeds where I was living, there was a lot of stuff going around about, you know, taxi drivers and things like that. And taxis aren't safe for women either on their own. Yeah. So it's kind of like, which one, which one would I rather? Yeah. Sometimes even less safe in some ways, because if you're on a bus or something or you're outside, there's people to witness when you're in mm-hmm. a taxi, there's no one to say what happened. Mm-hmm. And there's that other dilemma as well. It happens mm-hmm. for women. It's like, whatever you do, you're blamed. Well, uh, yeah, there was a study that someone did. It wasn't a study like a a kind of recorded statistics study. I think it was. It might have even been on like a feminist sort of Instagram page. They put out a thing saying, um, you know, like a question box where people can um, reply with their answers, and they put a thing out saying, um, "What would you do if men didn't exist for a day?" Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, anti-men. It wasn't an anti-men thing. It was just, like, to kind of prove the point of, like, it isn't the world that's unsafe. It's, it's kind of the majority of the time when women have, have had any, have been in any danger, it's at the hands of men. Um, I think that was the point that was trying to be made. And... um like I think they got this just overwhelming answer, which was they would go for a walk at night on their own if men didn't exist, and it was just all women, they would feel safer walking alone at night. And I think like that in itself, just something as simple as going for a walk without feeling scared, you know, with my headphones on. So I used to walk. I used to walk from like my house to my car, which is like not that far. Um, and you'd have your like keys in your like in between your knuckles, and you know I'd be I'd ring people, and it's like twenty yards up the road. Yeah. And I'd be on the phone to someone like I'm just walking to my house now, because that's you just do hear about stuff like that. It's been five years since Molly McLaren was murdered, stabbed more than seventy-five times in her own car by the ex-boyfriend who'd been stalking her. Good afternoon. Police in Merseyside are hunting for a gunman who shot dead a nine-year-old girl in Liverpool. The girl was shot in the chest in her own house. Ms Sinkova left work at the Evelina London Children's Hospital at 7.45pm on Sunday the 28th of November. Police believe she travelled by bus to Elephant and Castle and then on to her home in Camberwell, where she was last seen at 8.22. She was reported missing by a colleague five days later. These were some of Grace Mullane's last moments, the night before her 22nd birthday. She was waiting for a date arranged through Tinder. Just hours later, the 27-year-old man she met turned out to be her murderer. Sabine Anessa was off to meet a friend locally. She left her home and police believe she was murdered in the park behind me here. Now, it was a journey which should have taken just five minutes, but she never arrived. Lily was only 18 years old and she'd gone out for a night out with her friends at a local club. Her mother had been in close contact with her throughout the night and they had called her at various different times before the murder occurred to make sure that she was making her way home. But sadly, Lily never made it home that night. 
Speaking to women here, they say there is a desperately sad familiarity to all of this. As the local council have now issued hundreds of rape alarms, there is criticism from some that once again this onus seems to be on women's safety rather than male violence. Gee, proper fit, bro. Right. Sweetheart, you all right? You all right, yeah? She ain't listening, man. Want a crisp? Go on, have a crisp. Go on, have a crisp. It's a bit of a moody one, isn't she? You're not so pretty with that face on, you know. Hey, beautiful. Give us a smile. They look almost pretty when you smile. I don't ignore me. Come on, wolf. Think you're better than me, yeah? You're not even that fit. What? You're not going to invite me now? Yeah, you're asking for it dressed like that. Are you off tonight? <laughs> she definitely wants it. Are you sexy? And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of really horrible people out there that, you know, and it's not just women that are unsafe, you know. A lot of young people in general are unsafe. Um, but just pe speaking purely from a female a woman's perspective, you know, it's... Uh, and it just carries on, like, for the rest of... I think that, yeah, another thing that i am kind of, like, been coming to terms with becoming an adult is realising that it's, like, this isn't just, like, the next couple of years I'll be feeling like this. I'm going to have this kind of sense of in unsecureness and unsafety in the world because now I've got to navigate it you know without my parents and things like that I think it's just like a a lot of my writing at the minute has been there's been a sense of anger yeah. about that I think women are scared to write about stuff like that as well in music mm -hmm. I certainly am it's worrying to write about things like that because of the the negativity it can attract you can upset a lot of people by sort of just stating how you feel about some certain things like that. Mm. Um, what do you think you'll attract? People defending themselves mm. when it wasn't a personal attack. Like, you see it a lot. I always <laughs> had this, like, realisation this year that a lot of the time when you have conversations with people about sexism, for example, the first instance the first reply that you get back quite a lot of the time is, why do you have to make it about that? Yeah. But my reply to that is, well, if it's not about that now, then when is it about that? Yeah. Because if you say that in response, if you are the sort of person who says that in response to whenever anyone says, that's actually quite sexist, or what you've said there could be misconstrued as sexism, you know, if their answer is, oh, it's not about that, why do you have to make it about that? Well, of course, it's not that about that for you because you don't experience it the same way that I do. But I think, you know, sexism and misogyny, you, you pull those words out because they do exist and they are real and they are very real. You pull those sorts of words out and you're instantly, like, under a microscope, like, you know, people are like, will instantly attack you. It attracts defensiveness. But I always say, like, well, you know, if you feel like you need to defend something, then... It's kind of like if the shoe fits. Mm. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't actually making a personal attack about a personal attack on you, but if you feel attacked, then maybe you should look inwardly rather than attack people on the internet or wherever because they've spoken out about something that's affected them. As a woman, it can be, it can be difficult to speak out about those sorts of things, but um, it's something I think I want to feel stronger and stronger about the older I get um, 
you know, I want to feel like I can talk about these things confidently without warranting attacks and things like that. Yeah. Um, I guess there's the the fact that you've, you're dealing with that on two sides because you're dealing with it just simply by being you anyway, being mm-hmm. young. And then you're also in the music industry and, you know, you're... Mm-hmm. I'm sure like you've witnessed things that go on and um, Mm -hmm. or you notice like little hypocrisies or little things Mm -hmm. like what are the kinds of things that you if you've noticed anything like that what would you say the differences are for you? I've seen a lot of things not that have happened to me specifically Mm. Um, and there have been things that have happened to me specifically but all I'm going to say is it's the kind of feeling the, the only thing that I really feel quite strongly about when it comes to kind of sexism in the music industry is the kind of the fact that my experience of it so far has felt like people just ignore it and people just kind of go, oh, well, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It kind of feels like there's not, I mean, there might be, I might just not have seen it, but it feels like there's not a massive, massive wave of people shouting about things like that. And I think it's the kind of sense of feeling silly and silenced and I feel a little bit like, you know, if I were to ever say, oh, here, like, here's an example of a time when I've felt oppressed in the music industry as a woman, it's kind of, I'd be, a, I'd, I'd maybe feel inclined to be a bit quieter about it mm. for the sake of wanting to build a career, which sucks. Also, the kind of (laughs) I've kind of opened a can of worms here um there's a there's something that really upsets me which is kind of the idea that um the kind of uh sexualization of women in the industry promotes success um and I'm I am all for, and I am 100% here for, I will be in the front row screaming for anyone who uses their sexuality as a woman and their womanhood to, you know, amplify their brand. And, you know, people like um, Beyonce, you know, she's, she's she's a sexy woman. She's, you know, she's absolutely gorgeous, but she gets a lot of stick for that mm. you know she gets a lot of stick as a woman from the other side of it of people being like you know oh she needs to put clothes on or whatever I don't know yeah but the kind of the idea that it's it's not at the hands of being sexualized by men and by the industry and realizing that you can use that to your advantage as a woman going oh I can use this to my advantage let's go like it's not I don't think women should be shamed for choosing that I don't think women should be um attacked for deciding okay well if you're gonna sexualize me at least I'll try and make it my own thing uh also in your in your videos this uh, the poker face director Bareke has a strong sexual undertone how important in your Artistry, it is, is that, it's sexuality. It's as important to me as it is to you. Isn't sex important to everyone? Probably is. Are, are you scared, though, that uh, 
having sexual references, can it undermine the music? Because the sex, sexual references, um, a lot of people focus on that. And they don't I'm not scared. Are you scared? No. Because <laughs> I'm not scared. No, because you're not worried that they'll um, just uh, check out the sexual references and, and not care about the music. Is that, is that something important? No. Not at all. I've got three number one records and I've sold almost four million albums worldwide. So, so what's the biggest thrill of your career so far? The gay community. Oh, wow. Why? Because I love them so much. Because they don't ask me questions like that. Because <laughs> they love sexual, strong women who speak their mind. You see, if I was a guy and I was sitting here with a cigarette in my hand, grabbing my crotch and talking about how I make music because I love fast cars and fucking girls. You'd call me a rock star. But when I do it in my music and in my videos, because I'm a female, because I make pop music, you are judgmental and you say that it is uh, um, distracting. I'm just a rock star. And I think the kind of idea that you know women may feel like they might not it's it's i feel like it's not as you know relevant nowadays maybe um but maybe women would feel like they would be less successful if they didn't show more skin or you know dress you know sexily or if they weren't um if they didn't feel they were you know something to look at mm-hmm. i've heard people say things like Oh, they they had such a lovely voice, but they weren't much to look at. Mm. But they wouldn't say that about a man. Yeah, they wouldn't. There's so many men in the industry that aren't like conventionally good looking, <laughs> that are unbelievably talented, and mm. their looks don't define them and who they are to their core as a human being and what their talents are and how successful they are. Their success isn't measured by how they look. Mm. And I feel like, you know, there are plenty of men who also, you know, are very sexy and have probably excelled in their career because of that, you know, who maybe if they weren't as attractive, they might not have. And it's that kind of thing of like the privilege of being attractive can get you, oh, oh, there we go. Uh, can get you further, I suppose. Um, I think especially for women, but there's that. And also um, kind of the, <laughs> the idea of like people trying to promote female fronted bands more. We, we need more female-fronted bands. They're just bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or we need more female artists. I'm just an artist, you know. Um, and if people want to say that there isn't sexism in the music industry, then why is that a term that's quite commonly used? You know, why is there a term, why is there a separate car- category for it? Yeah. Um, when we're all kind of in the same boat, um, that, that, that gets to me. Yeah. You know, I've had pe- I've had men come up to me before after gigs and kind of say, like, just little sly little comments, you know, kind of trying to explain how to do things. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> would be speaking from the perspective of someone who hasn't had much experience in the industry. Yeah. They were like, they'd be like, oh, I'm, in, I, you know, I I can play guitar, and therefore here's my opinion opinion on how to write a song and it's kind of like oh do you want to show me some songs that you've written because we you know they might not be very good (laughs) but you know it's kind of just like the I think there's a term for it a very 
new term for it. They call it mansplaining. Yeah, I was going to say they call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. Yeah. I love it as well. Whenever I've used that word, like, don't mansplain that to me. They're just like, I'm not. I'm just explaining it. <laughs> yeah, but you're a man. <laughs> and I know I do it. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. There's something I noticed, and I don't know how you feel about me bringing it up, but it's, it's on this theme. When Embrace were on tour and they brought you in as support, mm-hmm. one of the first things I remember seeing online was, as a woman on your own, in your own right as an artist, you're referred to in conjunction to who you're the daughter of, or the niece of, or... Um, the wife of you know if you're if you're married to someone famous and I did think about how it was quite infantilizing of you yeah I'm not gonna lie obviously there was a lot of controversy when I got asked to do the embrace tour not just around me just around how things were dealt with how things happened um and you know I'm not gonna speak on the kind of a lot of what people were saying was to do with the previous support band um and kind of the they were upset because they wanted to see the pre the 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 other support band um and it was a lot of me trying to find positive comments about me being asked to go on tour and there were a lot there were a lot of people who were like oh this is great like I've been wanting to see Ella live for a while and you know like I had people coming up to me wearing my t-shirt like after the gig and saying like well done and it felt really great and the reception in that sense from the people who I knew had been following me for a while who were also fans of my dad who had probably found me through you know um you know my dad used to play guitar for me before I had a band because when I started playing live and releasing music um I didn't have a band and then lockdown happened so it was kind of like okay what can I do to build a fan base I know we've got the resources for it let's do Facebook lives and I think then you know some people followed me from that because they saw that you know my, my dad would share it on his Facebook and they'd go oh I'm playing you know on Facebook live tonight with Ella and then I think a few people who were Embrace fans had seen oh you know Rick's daughter's doing stuff now let's follow her and support her and I was like this is great you know and I'm very I am very lucky in the sense that I've been able to build a career at the with the help of my dad you know he's he's really helped me by supporting me and I've also been very very lucky in the sense that you know we've been fortunate enough in the sense I've, I've if I wanted to learn an instrument I could pick one up you know and I, I'm, I'm so aware of that and I know that not a lot of people do have those privileges and um, you know I'm, I'm very thankful for having those sorts of resources and like I said to you and I say to everyone I've always 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 wanted to do music literally since I can remember since like you know I've developed a brain <laughs> I've wanted to do music and so to kind of have music all around me definitely helped me to then start a career in it but what I will say is reading people saying that's the only reason why she's got the tour or even you know saying that the only reason I've got a career is because of my dad it, it um 
it did kind of hurt my feelings. I'm not going to lie. I remember the night that they'd announced that I was going on tour with them. This was like the biggest thing that's happened to me in my whole career. Yeah. I was going on a tour support, but not only a tour support, it was an, an academy tour, which is unbelievable. And the opportunity was handed down to me from the band that I've like grown up watching and watching live and just being in absolute awe of them. And it's not just my dad. I'm genuinely one of Embrace's biggest fans. Every single night I was in tears. Like I was so, so grateful for the opportunity. And I was so excited because I assume Embrace have got the best, some of the best fans I've ever seen. They've got one of the nicest, most supportive fan bases. So I was really shocked to read a lot of people not only being, oh, we're upset about you and how you've dealt with things, even though I'm not going to lie, it, it went very differently to how it's been depicted online, but that's the story for another time. Um, but I was really kind of sad to see the quite big number of people being negative about me being brought on the tour, um, especially since it wasn't, it wasn't people that were fans of me who had been following me, they'd just seen that Embrace had said there was a family resemblance. They went, beep, 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 beep. Oh, it's Embrace's, it's Rick's daughter and Danny's niece. Mm. That's why they've asked her. Mm. But if that was the case, then I'd have been on the tour support from the start. Yeah. And it hurt my feelings that um, kind of I'd been working, I've been working so, so hard on this and I've put everything into this you know I currently have like two jobs and I put nearly all my money back into music um, and you know and I'm fine with that because that's that's my choice mm-hmm. but it's it I need I try not to have too much of an ego and I'm very conscious of having an ego and my ego being hurt but it just hurt kind of from this perspective of like is this really what it's going to be like for the next week just people not being happy that I'm there um but thankfully everyone was lovely and it was really re- well received so it's all, it's all fine but I just think yeah it felt a little bit like I don't know if because I have a younger brother who's also you know wanted to go into music as well and you know maybe if it had have been him it might not have been mentioned mm. You know, it might have just been like assumed that he was great and it wouldn't have been assumed that it's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a female artist. Yeah, I think there's just, it was an under, like a slight undertone yeah. of like, you know, she's only got the gig because it's his daughter and it's just putting his daughter on because they, they can't think of anyone else kind of thing. It's like, listen to my music and then go, yeah, she's shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, there is there is that whiff of it, like you can detect it. Like I, I I detected it. A lot of women do experience that of feeling like everything's always in conjunction to a man <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Yeah. How was it to share how you felt about it? Um I don't know, kind of, it's kind of scary doing anything. I think kind of speaking out about anything like this, I, fi- I find personally quite intimidating um, because I think as much as I'm like 
like to think of myself as quite an honest person and I, I can be very candid and maybe slightly overshare a little bit too much on the internet occasionally. Um, I think to actually say, like, I'm upset by this, I'm hurt by this, it's really vulnerable. Like, it's a very vulnerable feeling. It's like, ooh. Because if someone's main aim is to upset you, they can just keep going, can't they? Yeah. Um, you know, but I think I do have quite a thick skin um, when it comes to the grand scheme of things. And as much as I really do have quite bad anxiety and I do overthink things, and I think if I'm being totally candid with you, I do have this kind of built-in thing of like I kind of want everyone to like me all the time. So to then read, and it's kind of, I've had a few comments like occasionally on Facebook or whatever or on a couple of my music videos that are blokes with a photo of a car as their profile picture saying, this is shit. Or, you know, I think someone once commented saying, sounds like one of Lily Allen's binned tunes. Mm. And I was like, I'll take one of Lily Allen's binned tunes, you know. Let's go. (laughs) She's great. Um, someone commented on my recent music video saying uh, oh, the 90s used to churn out all this shite all the time or something like that I was just like well, I clicked on his YouTube page and it's like a vlog like a daily vlog of him like just what he does with his day and it's got like two views and I was just thinking yeah like you know you've got a lot to say but you know you don't really have a lot for people to bite back with you know what I mean mm. and it's always the case but I think to then you know go from having a few comments like that they don't really affect me because I'm just like oh whatever um but yeah definitely the kind of overwhelming wave of people being like outraged that I was on tour and people actually saying I want a refund yeah because and I'm not saying I don't think to be honest, that was because of me. I think the the one in a refund or whatever was because of the story that they'd been told about what went down and what happened and the reason that I'd been asked to replace the other band on tour. Um, you know. But I think I remember when I first started doing music, I sort of told myself to have this mentality because I knew that it was going to be hard being a musician because everyone says it's hard being a musician and it's hard because it's based on like if people like you or not. (laughs) So to be someone who wants everyone to like me to then go into a career where it's like not everyone's going to like this and you're going to know about it. You know, if you just work, if you work in a job, you you might work in an office job and if you want everyone to like you there, you're probably not going to find out if people don't like you. And if you do, you know, there's measures in place for you to kind of, feel safe and welcome in those environments it's you know hr departments you can take it up with your boss if you're feeling bullied or whatever but as a musician it's kind of like you pick up your phone to text your partner or your mum or whoever and all of a sudden it's like whoa look at this like stack of notifications of all these people being nasty um but i told myself and i try every day to kind of have this mentality of as a musician, my main thing, my main goal and my main aim 
out of the whole of my career is to have an effect, an emotional effect on people. Mm. So if someone comes away from listening to one of my songs, watching one of my videos, whatever, comes away from it thinking, wow, that's really good. I've, that's really connected with me. That's great. Thumbs up. Mm. Someone comes away from it thinking, God, that's made me so angry. Or, oh, that's, that, I hate that. That's awful. And not only have they had such a, like, overwhelming emotional response but so overwhelming that they felt they need to comment it I've still had some emotional I've I've affected them and I've had some impact and my music and the art that I'm creating you know like when you think about like paintings and art and sculptures and if you go into an art gallery the intention of the art is to have an effect on you emotionally that's the main aim and it's the same with music and it's the same with music videos and whatever, anything creative, you're supposed to come away feeling slightly different. And the only reason people feel like that is because it's connected with a part of themselves that they either like or they dislike or they want to be closer to, connected to or whatever. You know, it's inward reflection when you experience art. And so I kind of have to tell myself my kind of mantra to help and to help me cope with things is it's just had an it's you cre- you're creating things in order to get a response yeah. and if the response is positive or negative that's up to them but it's still it's still yeah. it's not nice when someone goes this yeah. is shit <laughs> it's part of you isn't it it's a part of you and you're giving out something that takes a lot of emotional mm. effort um mm-hmm. of your expression and your vulnerability mm-hmm. and having someone just come back and judge it wholesale like without them understanding maybe the the nuance of the pain that went into it or the nuance of your experience that informed it mm-hmm. so yeah it would be really painful yeah but also a lot of the time it doesn't get to me because it's mm-hmm. some dude who's got a car or a profile <laughs> picture and you know <laughs> bungee jumping yeah 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 fishing yeah fishing. yeah fishing for holding a fish <laughs> uh. there's a few things you've said already that I'm I'm really kind of my mind is split between I want to ask you quite a lot of things so I might be a bit scattered but you, you talked about um experiencing anxiety throughout your teens and that your teens were quite difficult mm-hmm. you want to tell me a bit about that time yeah yeah I wasn't self-aware of it. and coming into my 20s that's where I've developed this sense of self-awareness mm-hmm. and knowing what triggers me and knowing what it is and I'm still trying to figure it out and I'll probably be trying to figure it out till mm, the day I die because it's it's hard to get your head around and um, I remember being a teenager and even when I was a kid actually I could not wait to be an adult I just felt like adults just got to do whatever they wanted like I sort of seen some kids like nowadays they're going around they're getting in trouble all the time and like I was no I never wanted to be in trouble I remember the whole of my summer holidays before I went to high school I spent riddled with anxiety because I was worried about getting a detention and I was so worried about getting in trouble all the time and um you know I think 
I spent a lot of my teens kind of withholding a lot of things that I might have wanted to do or being sort of maybe fully myself because I was just so scared of what everyone would think I'm so anxious about how it would impact other people it was only really sort of towards the end of my teen years when I was at college that I kind of really lent into who I was and started you know listening to music that I actually liked and wearing clothes that I felt comfortable in and not trying to fit the mold as much still very much like doing things because I thought they were cool like I used to do loads of stuff I was like this is what cool people (laughs) and I still do it now I mean don't we all but you know I spent a lot of my teens really 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 trying to fit fit into the mold and trying to make sure I wasn't putting a foot wrong I guess and I think that's where a lot of my anxiety came from and I think that's probably why I, I kind of really enjoyed the academic side of school because that was the one bit that I was like, I know that if I study and if I like work really hard, I can't really get this wrong. Mm. You know, it's it's not it's not a moving target, if you know what I mean. It's kind of you just you just keep working at it. And, but I remember just I just wanted the kind of the green flag from everyone. You know, that I was fit in, I was cool, I was working hard enough, I was, you know, achieving enough, I was doing enough, that I knew what, there's the pressure to kind of know what you want to do. Thankfully, I knew that I wanted to do music, but there's just, just it's kind of the pressure of like, you need to have fun and live your teen years because when you get to adulthood, it's just working and it's rubbish. I just remember thinking the whole time, I can't wait till I'm an adult because I'm just going to do what I want and I'm not going to worry about, you know, what anyone thinks or what, you know, getting into trouble. <laughs> and I think as well, there's there's all the other factors of like having insecurities, there's a stigma around body image and being young and kind of, it's in all young people, but especially in young girls, the kind of like, struggles around image and it carries through to I mean I spoke about it earlier about women in music struggle and I know people who have struggled with the kind of expectations of women having to look good at all times and I remember that really kind of did affect me when I was younger and it manifested itself in all sorts of ugly ways if my younger self was listening to me right now and I could give her any advice I would say just kind of listen to yourself more and listen to other people less Mm. what do you want how do you want to feel what do you want to wear you know don't don't be so absorbent because I was very I was very absorbent definitely how was it manifesting when you said it manifested in various ways I mean I will be completely honest with you I struggled with disordered eating um mental and physical um and you know I, I lost quite a lot of weight when I was younger um because of that which was really really difficult and really tough um but I've seen therapists about it and I'm all good now um which is good um I mean you never recover fully from something like that but you are in recovery I think that's what that's the proper way of sort of saying it um but I think it's really hard and really tough and it has a lasting effect on you 
And I wish I'd taken it more seriously when I sort of first started having those thoughts because it was so normalised among my peers of that to be what, what you did. Mm. And diet culture reinforced those sorts of cultures and didn't help at all, you know. And I thought it was normal. I thought everyone did that. And I remember when I first sort of started having those thoughts, um, of like, you know, maybe this is a good idea. I didn't think to myself once, like, no, what do you mean? That's such a bad idea because it was so normalized and so almost romanticized as well. A lot in films and in media and just the culture of being young, it was kind of like you need to be, you need to really care about your body. But I think if I if I could go back, I would that would be the first thing I'd be like, right, you're not doing that. Like let's like wear whatever you want. Don't you don't need to, you know dress to please other people you don't need to create an image to please other people because at the end of the day no one even I didn't gain anything positive from that experience Mm. you know not even kind of like the comments of like you know oh you look great you know no one was saying that to me everyone was like you know when people people didn't even notice really um but kind of when it all came out, it was it was kind of like felt a little bit as well, like among friends, it kind of felt a bit like, oh, well, everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got a bit of that going on. But like, it's like, why, why, why do young girls, why is it so prevalent in young girls to like, for that to be so normal that it's like, I didn't even feel like I should bring it up because I just thought everyone was doing it and everyone was doing it yeah. in some way or another. But yeah, that definitely added to the anxiety as well. Yeah. Um, I think something that's helped me though and helped me to overcome it and kind of get over that period is I am really open about it mm-hmm. um, I'm not kind of shy about talking about it because I think if there was anyone there was a chance that anyone was listening right now who was kind of going through anything similar and just hearing someone else kind of go yeah I went through that and a lot of people are going through that and it's alright to reach out for help and I wish I'd written I, I'd asked for help earlier because I, I just didn't take it seriously and it's so serious it's so damaging and the lasting effects aren't necessarily that I play into those behaviours anymore but my memory of my teen years is affected yeah you know I can't remember a lot about being 15 and 16 that I actually enjoyed because I was just so caught up in all that and obviously the lasting effects on my body as well uh, thankfully I you know there was not a lot of lasting sort of damage and it you know your head as well you damage you do damage your head because it's you, it's a hard habit to kick and it's a it's a tough thing to overcome um but the the main thing for me the damaging effect was the fact that I've I remember that part of being a teenager that's what I remember yeah um but yeah um I'm sorry as well you know if this is like anything that's triggering for you or you know anyone listening mm-hmm. um you know I probably should have said that before I started <laughs> started speaking about it. it's not triggering for me and I'm wondering what you would like your fans to know in a way there's um a small group of people who follow me who are young people I'm very aware of that very 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 aware of that 
what would you like to tell them? Um, I think you don't need to damage yourself in order to fit in. You don't need to put yourself under the immense pain and the immense pressure that you're putting yourself under for such little gain. I, I gained nothing from it, mm-hmm. apart from some self-understanding and self-awareness. You know, I say, like, I, I, I live without regrets because it's made me who I am as a person. But that's not to say that if I if I could say to anyone please just you don't need to do that to yourself you don't there's so many other ways of living and experiencing life that don't involve image and don't involve self-harm I think the the thing that I, I that got me snapped me out of it was how dangerous it is it's, it's dangerous it's it's not it's not a game that you play in. It's not, you know, something that you should mess around with. And there's bigger consequences than what you realise and what I realised. Um, and you're not alone either if you're experiencing that. And there's so many resources nowadays and things you can do um, for yourself to help yourself if you are feeling like that. Um I think just you worth you like without sounding cliche you are worth so much more than that you're here experiencing life and there's so much more to life than kind of image and also you know you're not what you eat (laughs) as well I wish someone had said that to me you aren't what you eat like you know you are in the sense of if you eat healthily and you look after yourself you will thrive but it doesn't define who you are what defines who you are is your actions and you know yeah you said you were you were sorry if you triggered anyone and I I just had a sense of of you in that moment of your mm-hmm. apologeticness mm-hmm. do you find that you apologize a lot yeah I think it ties in with that whole like wanting people to like me yeah. um maybe maybe it's an ego thing um but it's 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 and also you know I've talked about how I didn't want to get in trouble yeah um and it's not that I didn't want to get in trouble that's not why I apologize I apologize because I wanted to I don't want anyone to kind of feel like negatively impacted by anything that I do. I don't like having a negative footprint. And I don't mean in the sense of like, if someone's nasty to me, I'm not going to not defend myself. I don't mean negative, you know, in any way like that. I just mean, I don't like how it feels when I hear, see, experience any sort of media that's about those sorts of things so I tend to switch stuff like that off 
So I just apologised for that because I was speaking about my experience. But, you know, if I was listening to someone talk about their experience, I'd probably feel quite empowered by it. And I have done. But, you know, some people might find that, like, potentially triggering or upsetting. Um, but I think I, I think in terms of the question about apology, I think I do apologise for quite a lot. Um, and maybe that ties into being a woman. I don't know. You know, being agreeable and being, you know, quiet and, you know, apologising for sort of existing. Do that quite a lot <laughs> in very subtle ways. Um, but I think, it, yeah, it does potentially come from being a woman as well. I don't know. I got this like image of almost like you in this massive industry that you're kind of entering it I mean because you've known it since you were born essentially and kind of all this stuff going on around you that's always somehow more powerful like there's this power around you and Mm -hmm. you observing it and taking it in and feeling like you having a sense of belonging in it but also Mm -hmm. at the bottom of it in some way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to what you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I kind of saw it as a weakness and it's something that I've done throughout all my my life is apologize potentially when it's not not necessary Mm -hmm. um but I used to see it as a weakness um but I think a lot of people and it's become very relevant nowadays a lot of people are actually unable to apologise for things that they've done. There's a lot of really quite, especially in the music industry. Um, I don't know if I want to go into that because I, do, you know, there's a lot of really really nasty people in the industry, um, and a lot of artists who have let the industry and their fans down by being quite dis- despicable, who haven't apologised for it, you know, and who won't apologise for things. Um, and just accountability is it it's an essential part of being a, a, a decent human being um so you know I used to kind of criticize myself for apologizing you know? um but also I think just having an awareness of like the effect you have on people I think it's more that I think it's more that I've experienced some some quite nasty people before and you know I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of my friends and peers and things people experience nastiness and you know the 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 less enjoyable parts of being a human and kind of I think to be one person among people who is just kind of aware of my impact aware of the impact you can have on other people it's important I think but I think I apologize too much I do still think that but I think it's just because I'm I am so hyper aware of the impact people have on people Mm. um yeah I know you said obviously you don't want to go into it so I won't I won't make you name anyone or anything but I'm assuming when you said that you're talking about 
things you've seen and witnessed within the music industry or things that have happened around you that you've seen that you didn't like? Yeah, and it's not even in like my sort of in real life, my actual experience of it. Although I have experienced some things, um, but it's more artists that I've liked and put a lot of time and energy into and invested in and invested in what they were creating, seeing them live, bought tickets to see them live, you know, things like that. Um, to then find out that they're actually a pretty shitty person. Um, it's, I don't know, you, you just expect better, I suppose, of people that you think, you think one thing about a person and then they do, they, they do a big F up and then, you know, when they F up, they don't go, I'm really sorry. It's more, it's either I didn't do that or I did that and I'm not sorry or I did that but because of this it's because of this there's always like an explanation that's you know a justification but just people just want to hear you say sorry and act sorry and change you know and thankfully because (laughs) because I apologize so much I don't find it too difficult when when someone you know whenever I'm confronted with like you've done this wrong you know and I don't and you know I'm not really done a lot of things wrong but you know maybe in a work setting or in a friendship or relationships in the past and the current relationship I mean if I'm ever if anyone ever goes you know I didn't like when you said this or did this I can say sorry <laughs> and you know it doesn't damage my ego yeah. to apologize um but yeah Mm. yeah yeah uh, I can see it's like hearing you I, I can hear a sensitivity in you um I sort of recognize it a bit in myself this awareness of impact on other people and then mm-hmm. absorbing it to such an extent to overextend to the point that you don't do that to other people either mm-hmm when you probably never did it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the, in, at the same time, I think it's, um, you know, it's, an, it's nice to see people care. Like, it's nice to hear people talk and in a way that, you know, you're showing you care about people and, and mm-hmm. your impact and how you're impacting them and that they matter. Um mm-hmm. And it, it's nice to see. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I think going back to, in a way, what we were talking about at the start of the interview about being, you were talking about being your age, and I was saying, like, you know, when I was twenty-one, it would have been probably quite powerful to to hear someone like you talk, just being very natural, very open, and kind of um, not trying to be like. The co- you know thinking about like 2021 if I think about who was around in the pop world around that time I mean I'm picturing like people like Avril Lavigne or like mm-hmm. um and yeah lots of it it was I mean I've almost forgotten what year it was when I was 21 2000 and you know, I, my maths has gone really bad <laughs> 
2003. I was 21 in 2004. So right. I'm just trying to remember who was around at that time musically. Maybe like Kylie Minogue, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, that they would have been when a bit earlier, like 18, 19. I remember that phase of like mm-hmm. Christina, yeah, this American influence in particular with Britney mm-hmm. and Christina, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird, that was weird. The whole wearing a school uniform, prancing around, Christina Aguilera in a boxing ring, prancing around like in a thong or something, J-Lo. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is kind of what I was on about earlier is like, you know, absolutely love 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 seeing women like own their sexuality and you know just like just being sexy it's just women being sexy you know because women are sexy you know but like I think the only comment I wanted to make about that was there's definitely especially around that time and prior to that that it was kind of expected of women the minute that they became any sort of influence on the music industry, the minute that they'd had an impact on the music industry because they're insanely talented and, you know, they're likeable and, they're, you know, they've got the sense about them that's like, they're cool. It's like, okay, let's sexualize them, you know, and... Britney's a great example because Britney started out when she was like 13 Mm. and she was 14 on the cover of, I can't remember what magazine it was, but she was on the cover of a magazine at 14 um, where she was, she'd been like heavily, heavily sexualized and there's compilations of her in interviews with men who are a lot, a lot older and she's, under the age of 18 and they're asking about her boobs they're asking if they're real mm. they're you know and she's like literally like going through puberty at this stage mm-hmm. she is a child and she's been massively massively over sexualized there's one subject we didn't discuss mm-hmm. what was that everyone's talking about it Why? well your breasts you seem to get furious when a talk show host comes up with this <laughs> subject. Okay, let's. In general, what do you think about breast implants? Just in general. Well, I think if that's what you want to do and it, that would make you happy, then I see nothing wrong with it. But I've not. I haven't done that. But um, I think it's sad that people, you know, think I've done that because that makes them want to go out. And you know, some of the fans that look up to me, they either think bad of me or they may want to go out and do that. But that's not my fault because the press started that. But exactly. um, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I personally wouldn't do that. Okay. I'm just wondering um, how you feel about all the constant speculation about your virginity and whether you are a virgin or not. I really wish I would have never said anything to begin with. Because I'm kind of stuck in this little place where people are always asking me. But, um, you know, that's just something that's part of growing up, and that's just something that we all have to deal with. So, yeah. Have there been any changes on that front? <laughs> <laughs> that's a personal question. And that's the bit that gets to me, is because I love seeing women own their sexuality when it is obvious that it is them 
who has decided this is the image that I want. So I used Beyonce as an example because mm-hmm. she, I, th- I can't remember how old she was because it was Destiny's Child that she was in. So I'm not aware of how old she was when she was in Destiny's Child. So I can't speak for that. But her particularly now, you know, she's, and throughout my, the history of me kind of seeing her as a as an artist, she's always been someone who has owned her sexuality and kind of used, not used it to her advantage, but just like kind of, it. she uses it in a way that it, it comes across as empowering, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also used as an example by people who try and tear women down for doing things like that, mm-hmm. which is why I use Beyonce as an example. But the thing that's the reason it has a negative impact is because of people like Britney and many other artists who started really young. Miley Cyrus is another one um, who were so sexualized by the media that it's kind of like they'd lean into it more because it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, if you're going to tell me that that's who I am, then at least I'm going to do it so that it's in my control. Um, But I think for me personally, I am always really aware of um, myself and, you know, the things that I wear. Um, I remember I did a music video um, for the song Burn It All Down and I was in a suit and I had a bra on underneath the suit and that was intentional. Um, It was intentional in the sense of I um, kind of never really, I'd always kind of like worn things like that, but I'd never really... Would I never would have put out anything like that of me on social media or anything like that. Um, and I wasn't wearing it in kind of a sexual sense. Mm. The suit was this massive, massive oversized suit. And then underneath it was kind of like, I was like, you know, sort of nearly naked or whatever. Um, and I've never once watched that and thought like, I'm trying to be sexy in that video. I'm just kind of like moving my body and, you know, using the, the outfit that I'm wearing as the kind of silhouette for the sort of moves that I was doing. Um, but I think a big part of me feeling like I can express myself in a way that I don't, or I, I am yet to feel like I'm being sexualized as a woman is because, um, um, a lot of my following is like a lot of my following is like queer people um, and I'm part of the like the gay community I'm bisexual so I think kind of my self-expression if I do anything sexy I'm doing it in a way that's kind of like it feels empowering whenever I do anything sexy because I make the conscious decision to do it no one's told me you need to wear less clothes like why are you wearing so many clothes like no one at any point has ever said anything like that to me um and I think if anyone was to say she needs to put more clothes on I'd be like you need to know when to stop talking (laughs) um you know I'd, I'd happily defend myself about things like that because 
anything you wear or anything you choose to wear, any way that you choose to express yourself, it's everything to do with, you know, who you are as a person, I suppose. Um, and, um, you know, thankfully I am yet to really get any of those sorts of comments from people about things that I've worn. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have in real life, but in my life as an artist within the industry, thankfully, I can't really think of a time where anyone said anything like that to me. Um, and also, I try. I think I try and like sort of neglect the vanity that I can sometimes experience. I sometimes like I'll be watching a music video. And I'm like, oh, I don't look. I don't look my best there. Um, but I try to reject those thoughts because it's not important. At the, in the grand scheme of things, I'm creating art and I don't want to throw away a really good shot that really conveys how I was feeling emotionally mm-hmm. just because I might not look good. Yeah. You know, like I spoke about the Burn It All Down um, video because I remember first watching that um, and seeing myself from the back and how my body looked and I became so fixated on how my body looked and I was like, oh, my God, like, we need to, he can't, he can't keep that bit in. I remember, like, for, like, a few days, I was like, oh, God, like, look at me. Like, I don't, you know, look how I want to look. And um, I really had to, like, reject those those thoughts because it was such a good shot. Like, there's this video of me kind of, like, I'm in the water, the sun's coming through, and it looks so great and I'm kind of doing all this I remember those shots were so hard to get because there was all these teeny tiny little pebbles and I was barefoot and uh, I was having to walk on all these pebbles and do all these like yoga positions and there's all these fish around me and I've got this like weird fear of like fish I don't know why they really freaked me out and they were all swimming up my trousers so I was having to do these like it was under like really quite intense (laughs) sort of pressure it was freezing as well and there I am a week later criticizing how I look to myself it's just like bro just that's the that should be the least of your worries and it, and thankfully after having a very strong word with myself I was like come on like this is such a good shot it's such a good video Matt who I worked with on the video has done such a good job of getting it of getting what the song's about and getting how what I want to get across um and, you know, Burn It All Down's about kind of like being carefree. And there I am caring about what I look like, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not something I want at the end of my life to still be within my core values as a person. And so if I do the work now to try and remove it, then eventually I just won't even have those thoughts, I guess. It sounds like that's, really important to you to be able to kind of let go of those shackles that keep you from being free Mm -hmm. I think it's it's part of everyone's experience of being human Mm -hmm. but particularly of the female experience as well I'm Mm -hmm. only I keep bringing it back to that but that's because I am currently living my life in this way as a woman um, so you know I can only really talk about that can't speak for anyone else um, but you know 
it's drilled into us that like that should be up there with the most important thing you know it's hard to let go of I think but if mm-hmm. if you try and gain some self-awareness about it you can catch yourself and you can catch yourself out and be like no you know that's mm-hmm. not lean into that um yeah there there is also um I wanted to mention one of your songs that I really 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 love which is um June <laughs> is it oh. called June <laughs> June as in the month uh, yeah 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 um I love it and um I would the 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 line that really struck out was I wish I could stop smoking but I can't because all it does is remind me of June with you mm-hmm. is that the correct lyric I don't want to have got it wrong <laughs> yeah yeah um right. it really it, I imagine that's a very personal moment for you you're talking about something very specific in in a relationship or someone you mm-hmm. broke up with and that mm-hmm experience brings back all those memories of being with them mm-hmm. yeah I can see you smiling so I wondered what what's happening for you <laughs> um so that song is um uh, it was initially a love song that I wrote for my boyfriend um years ago and um I wrote it on guitar just in my room and it was literally supposed to be like just silly little thing that I just sent to him and that was going to be it and then um, I played it to my tutor at college because we were supposed to bring a song every week to our tutor in sessions and uh, and he was like I was like oh shit like what songs have I written this week I quite like that one that I wrote for Charlie so I'm just going to put that I'm just going to do that one so I, I played it on piano and sang it for him and he was like god like where did that come from kind of thing and I was like what do you mean and he was like well that's just really sad and I was like okay and I didn't really get the sad part because I was just kind of like um really you know like living in the kind of moment of like you know because me basically I mean I hope Charlie's family aren't listening and my family aren't listening but when me and Charlie first started seeing each other we used to go to this bench and we used to smoke together <laughs> on this bench. <laughs> and uh, and it, it was like kind of what we did. Like, like we'd meet up and it, we'd basically go and find somewhere secret to have like, you know, little chats together. And, you know, we'd have a few cigarettes or whatever. And uh, that was like our thing. And that's kind of how we started dating was just like going and trying to find somewhere secret to have like a little moment together. Mm. And that's just, that's all it was about. But I the reason I said I can't stop smoking is because um because I can't I didn't I just I, I just find it really difficult to quit smoking and I kind of just saw some poetic thing about like the fact that I started when we used to go and when we first started dating um, and then yeah I kind of um I don't know we then like briefly broke up and um, carried on smoking all the way through that. He quit way before me and I carried on smoking, I carried on smoking and then we kind of kept singing the song and the more I sang the song, the more I'd lean into certain lyrics and my delivery of it was different and it became 
and everyone hears it and they hear a breakup song now and that's because like there's just such a sadness to like the kind of imagery is like someone just sat chain smoking because they're trying to relive a period where they were happier um I'm only smiling because it's just so silly because I, I was like nah it's a love song it's a love song what do you mean <laughs> um but it's really sad it's a re- it's quite a sad song um yeah but I never saw it, it like when I wrote it I was just totally naive I was just like nah it's not how much I love smoking <laughs> and Charlie <laughs> um but yeah funny it's funny to think about the distance that we've come the, the how far we've come since then since I wrote that song quit smoking too which <laughs> <laughs> <It> is <just> good <laughs> because if I'm doing something else um, like sending an email or writing something else or doing some kind of admin very often I'll have songs on in the background you know it's just like background music and a lot of those songs would just pass me by I might like them but they just pass me by and then suddenly I'll be captivated by something and mm-hmm. I thought, I'm sure you've, you've had that experience too loads of people have had that yeah. experience yeah and um, that was one of those songs because I, I was just listening through I was kind of preparing for this interview and um, I was watching a YouTube video in this interview of you came on and um, and I and um, all of a sudden I stopped what I was doing and I, I was like Oh, it was like I was called into it. I, I really thought it was really lovely, both the way you sing it and the melody and the sentiment behind it. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it, I found it quite an emotional song. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really captivated me. So I, I wanted to let you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful actually. From what we've from what we've spoken about, I know I've kept you for so long. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad you have. I I just wanted to say that like I really love what you're doing, and it's really nice to see that there's plat there's a platform for people in music who struggle with their mental health because I think it is really 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 common anywhere, but especially 
with creative people. Mm. I think people who use creativity to express themselves and how they're feeling, generally it's because they feel like they can't talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm speaking very, very generally there, you know, but a lot of people, a lot of writers, songwriters, artists, dancers, videographers, directors, whoever's working in the creative field, there's an element of what they're doing that's kind of, they're trying to express themselves because there's things that are being unsaid, the things that they can't talk about, so they express themselves in other ways. Yeah. For me, I learn a lot about myself when I'm songwriting. Some songs, I'll write a song and I'm like, I didn't know I was feeling like that, you know, because sometimes lyrics just fall out of you or themes keep cropping up. Um, and I think for there to be a platform and for you to kind of talk with people so sensitively um, and un with such an understanding of people, um, to kind of give them a platform to be able, it's really, really important. Um, and I just hope it becomes more of a common thing. I hope people feel like they can talk more about these things um, because everyone goes through it um in some way and talking about your unique experience could potentially help someone or make someone feel at least like they're not completely alone when it comes to dealing with those sorts of things um and it just the idea that it's destigmatizing talking about mental health it's scary it's really scary talking about your mental health yeah. with anyone which is why I try and do it so openly and so often because it shouldn't be. It should be the same as going, oh, I injured my wrist a year ago and it's still not right, you know. And I think to destigmatize it allows for us to feel less alone and also to prevent, you know, things maybe becoming more serious for some people. Um, it saves lives. It really does, like, it, you yeah. know, without sounding too dramatic it does talking about it and talking to other people about your experience however you know you might feel just a bit of anxiety or you just might experience some depression but just going oh my god I've been having the worst time recently or here's my experience of this might allow someone who might be going through something that's you know potentially more dangerous they might go, oh, there's so many people actually openly talking about this and there's a platform of people I can listen to and get advice from and, you know, there's resources for me and I'm not alone in it. Um, it's kind of domino effect, I suppose. Yeah. You know, problem shared is a problem halved, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, this has been this has been really fun. I've really enjoyed this, and mm -hmm. I could talk forever about it. To be honest, I just wish it was more talked about. You know, I think if I was seventeen, and I'd heard an artist that I like talking openly about their experience in mental health, it might just it might make me sort of stop and think at least, mm -hmm. and sort of look inwardly and think, you know, I'm feeling like that as well, and. And they seem to be doing okay. They had this experience that I'm having now when they were my age and they're okay. So, you know, it feels less daunting. Yeah. 
I guess. And it's less scary. How would you like people to get hold of you if you want them to? Um, probably I'm I'm most sort of responsive on Instagram. So Instagram direct, you know. I'd I'd love to hear from people and it would be nice to hear if anyone sort of listened to this and thought twice or you know it it helped them in any way anything that I said might have made them think about you know their experience um or if people just want to follow what I'm doing as well that's Instagram's the main where I kind of put the most stuff my time on there or you know if you're looking for something a bit more light-hearted I'm pretty silly on TikTok um so for just some 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 things to laugh at tiktoks um my at my at is usually just my name it's just e double l u r but it's different on like every platform because let's just make things difficult for everyone (laughs) why not i think it's like four hours on instagram so but yeah i'm sure you'll find me somewhere hopefully was it deliberate to change your name to make it you are was that just a, a social media thing um it it was mainly because I'm not gonna lie when I was like 18 and I was first starting out Ella McNamara felt a little bit like different to how I wanted to be perceived and I thought what's cooler than it just being just my name but spelled differently because I didn't also want to be perceived as like Adele you know what I mean Ella so I was like why don't we just keep it as Ella but put you are just just a bit different so a bit different to look at it is just essentially me just trying to be really cool to be honest that thing again of you know doing things because it looks cool I just thought it looked cool yeah um I tell people it's because it's how it sounds when you say it in a Yorkshire accent but that's not true (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, do, you, do you have a website? I do. It's uh, ella.biz. So it's E-L-L-U-R dot B-I-Z. And you can find all my upcoming shows and things on there. And I also have a merch store as well, which I've just recently updated. Um, I've got white T-shirts, black T-shirts with my logo on in like a red print. Um, some tote bags, which are available for pre-order because I ordered the wrong size. So they came, they opened the package and they were tiny. (laughs) I thought I'd ordered like normal tote bags and they were these like really tiny, like baby ones. I've had to send them back. So they're back on pre-order. And I've also just got delivered some really, really cool limited edition uh, Best Face On posters. Um, So they'll they'll be on my website soon. Um, So keep an eye out. But best, best bets mailing list. That was my one thing this year. Okay. Keep on top of your mailing list and keep <laughs> sending those emails. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can sign up to my mailing list on there as well. Um, but, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ella. I really, really appreciate your time. I know I kept you a long while. Thank you. It's okay. I, I was talking a lot. No, it's good. It's, a, like- joint, it's a joint effort. <laughs> You've been very kind of patient and understanding which is which is good it's great but so thank you for having me you're so welcome
You get home in the morning And you crawl into bed Wondering why nobody told you You'd end up doing it again And the sheets feel cold And you've the snow in your eyes Wondering why nobody told you This is what 20 feels like You're such a child And I know how it feels to you And I really hate the things you do so much Ella for that. Ella's next single is out on the 9th of November called Now I'm Alone so check that out. If any of you are going through any of the issues that Ella mentioned contact BEAT the eating disorder charity on beateatingdisorders.org.uk which has got some helpline numbers depending on whereabouts you are. If you're a woman affected by any form of violence or abuse, you can get in touch with the Women and Girls Network on wgn.org.uk. But if you're listening from outside of the UK or you need help from other services, I've added a whole list of extra links in the show notes to help you so you'll find everything there. As Ella said, get in touch with her or let me know how you found this episode at soundeffectspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at soundeffectspod, that's effects with an A, or Instagram at sound underscore effects underscore podcast. Please keep any messages coming, tweets, emails, or even voice notes. I often ask for voice notes. I haven't had any yet so far, actually, but if you do want to send me a voice note at any point, please send them through, and if you want me to play them in any future episodes, I will do. So that's it from me. Take care, everyone, and I'll be back soon.